0: what's going on man
1: another day another beautiful day in colorado it was 60 degrees here and then we're gonna get seven inches of snow and it's gonna be like four degrees tomorrow oh. it's great
0: yeah it's coming this way too we're supposed to get uh i think they said 10 inches or so on wednesday thursday something like nice. that. nice and it's just been cold as balls man it's been so cold here and for a bald guy it's horrible it's just not a good place to be
1: yeah, I'm yeah. going to let my hair grow out pretty long when this. I'm,
0: I know, you have shaggy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's at least an inch and a half long now.
0: Mm. What are you going to do with all that? Put a in mm. ponytails? Probably, Pigtails. Probably
1: shave it. Maybe a man bun, maybe shave it. You never know.
0: Pigtails would be a good look for you.
1: <laughs>
0: be an excellent look. Well, uh, I feel like I haven't seen you in like forever. I know we just did a podcast last week, but we had a guest, so that was different.
1: What have you been up to, man? Yeah. What have you been doing? It's been a minute. Um, I've been, let's see, I've done some snowboarding. I did. I've been uh, helping my brother get prepared for the end of his hunting season, uh, which just ended tonight. Uh, and he missed two deer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's, so we just got off the phone about that. Um, I'm also gearing up to go to, um, this upcoming weekend, I'm going to um, what's called an elk shape camp. So basically, it's this guy who used to own a CrossFit gym and now he runs one of the biggest um, backcountry elk hunting, like education podcasts, YouTube channel, stuff like that. And he invited me to go to uh, a camp he's running in Madison, Wisconsin, believe it or not. Very nice. Um, I was like, I've been there yeah, a couple um, times. Yeah. So I'm going out there this weekend to lead the fitness portion of his camp, which will be cool. So I'll be there, you know, probably the least experienced guy there learning about all the tactics and, you know, learning how to actually hunt elk, which is a whole art form. And it's very difficult, especially with a bow. And then on Sunday, I'm going to lead them through some sort of a benchmark workout. So I still have to write that.
0: You should lead them to some bar that has hamburgers and cheese curds and just do that because that's all that Madison's good for really.
1: Mm, I could that's a good idea also good ice cream
0: so <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day dude that the week we were at the games together at four days in a row four days in a row I did not work out I had cheese curds hamburgers and beer every day it was like living the perfect life I was so happy for like that week yeah so
1: that. I mean that sounds like a good a good week in my book. You know, you watch fitness, and then that's enough fitness. You know, you just want to go burn off all those calories that you were watching burn.
0: I know. And today, and you know, I'm trying to get ready for the open like everybody else, and I'm sitting there eating a dry ass rice cake and drinking <laughs> a drinking a sparkling uh, flavored soda water. You know, sugar free, caffeine free. What's your sparkling brand of choice? Uh, normally LaCroix, in this case, it was French, th- it was fresh time farmer's market because I just happened to be there, but I've got ai cool. got to, I have so many drinks in that fridge, dude, it's so ridiculous between the waters and the O2s and the life aid, fit aid, you name it, everything, but monster, it's all in there, but monster,
1: <laughs> they're not paying you enough.
0: They're not paying me anything.
1: I got to I mean, put you on that big payroll like everyone
0: else. Uh, I do there's been so much, we don't have to get into it on this show, but there's been so much debate over that whole monster thing. And I yeah. you know, who's taking sponsorships and who isn't and what's it gonna do to their eternal soul? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like people just wanna get paid. It's fine. Like you do thrusters for a living, take the check.
1: Yeah, as a CrossFit <laughs> athlete, I can tell you with confidence the uh it's you're not gonna earn a- enough money winning competitions, and you're not gonna earn enough money, you know, selling you know 10% off of a supplement brand or something like that so i you know hey I, I don't fault them for for taking the sponsorship because they need to provide and and legitimately their career is a pretty short window of time it's probably longer than most professional sports but uh but it's still a pretty narrow window of time so they need to get paid while they can so i don't i don't blame anybody there
0: it's incredibly narrow and there's only a handful of them that do it for more than you know, five or six years, usually there's the, you know, they're the outliers, the Ben Smiths and the Scott Panchecks that did it for a decade. But, you know, most of them, you know, five, six years, and that's about their earning potential. And even in those five or six years, their earning potential is not that much from competition.
1: No, not at all.
0: You know, so I don't, I don't fault anyone for doing it. I mean, I, you know, we're not going to take a monster sponsorship on here, but we both have real jobs or at least I do. I can't speak for you, but. You can call it a real job. <laughs> you have a real job. I know. I'm just teasing. I
1: feed a couple families, so I'll take it. You feed
0: a bunch of families.
1: I feed my family. my My little. I got two children, two furry children, and I feed them probably too much. Murph's getting a little chubby. You hear that, Murph?
0: I have one really furry one, and I can't speak for how furry the other two are, but they're both <laughs> they're both insane. Well, let's uh, let's get into it before we jump in. Uh, we'll talk about our sponsor because they saved my bacon again this weekend. I had this wild it wasn't a while, but just like kind of my normal stupid feeling that, you know, I knew what my week was going to look like this week. It's going to be busy. So I'm like, I'm going to do endurance workouts on Saturday and Sunday. And I did, I held to it. I did, um, on Saturday, uh, four 10 minute EMOMs with two minutes rest in between. So it ended up being, you know, 46, 48 minutes total and, uh, of traditional CrossFit movements baked in with cardio. So it, as an example would be, you know, you'd you'd bike for the first minute and then the, you know, fifteen cal assault bike for the first minute and then second minute might be dumbbell snatches or something like that. And so it's a lot of cardio slash, you know, lifting type stuff. And that was tough. And then the following day I'm like, Well, I need to do something light. So I go down to the basement and then it wasn't light at all. It was I did a 15K C two bike, which it would be light enough, but I'm like every three minutes I'm going to run for a minute on the assault runner. And so then that turned out to be 46 or 48 minutes when it was all said and done because of the transition time. And I run like I've got hooves, you know, like <laughs> like a Clydesdale, but anyway, long story short, some,
1: some hooved animals do run very fast, Some John.
0: really slow hoofed animal, not a fast, <laughs> not a fast one. Okay. And, um, anyway, uh, but I took my UCAN, I smartly uh, took some UCAN before I went down there. And I'm telling you, man, it saved my life. Because I got about halfway through that that bike run workout. And I was looking at the clock going, oh, my God, I got- I've got another 25 minutes to go. Have like, yeah. you ever been there? Well, you just like, you look at the clock and, you, and now you know your fate and you can't do anything about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could scale and bail it. Um, or well, I could fail. have bailed. I mean, that's um, the
0: benefit of being at home. I could have bailed.
1: Yeah, I feel you, man. I mean, like I've I've said it multiple times. I mean, actually, I didn't have a chance. I just did a video shoot. I had a five hour video shoot today, and then I didn't build in enough time to actually go eat anything, like an idiot, before this podcast. So I'm a little hangry, but I'm not as hangry because I was I allowed myself to eat one of the Ucan bars. Um, I've also been still like I'm. I'm actually in a really good groove with training lately because my buddy the fittest guy I know, um, moved back from Moab, Utah. He moved back to Denver. His name's Eric Hinman. He and I have been thrown down like a few days a week. He trains every day week pretty much uh, right. at 45 years old, but, uh, I try to throw down with him at least like three or four days a week. And we do it every morning at 8:30. So I get to sleep in a little bit. Um, I'll get up. And then if I feel like sleeping in all the way till, you know, like 7:45, and don't leave enough time to like have a, a bigger carby breakfast, um, which you need doing a session with him. You can't go into his sessions fasted like I normally do for my own sessions. His are long and they're very difficult. But I've been, I take my pre workout, um, you know, that has beta alanine, creatine, citrulline malate, theanine, uh, tyrosine. It like has all the things that are scientifically proven plus caffeine. And then I just, plop on one big scoop of the berry, I think the berry flavored or raspberry, I don't know, some delicious flavor of the you can <laughs> energy carbohydrate powder. Right. And man, it's, mm, it makes the pre-workout like a little bit thicker and it's got a bunch of carbs in it. And that's like my cheat meal or my cheat code for when I just don't wake up in time for breakfast.
0: Well, it, it does the trick for me. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make those long workouts feel any better for whatever that's worth. Like I was looking at the clock going, Oh my God, I'm still going to die. But I wasn't, I wasn't hitting the wall. That was the difference. Like it was just long, you know, it's and like, alive, all
1: right. So that's good.
0: Yeah. It's like, all right, I got to go another 20, 25 minutes, but I knew I could, I just didn't want to, but I did.
1: Who am I, I going to do a podcast with? If you die in a workout because you forgot to eat.
0: Hey, I have my girls under strict instructions. If they don't hear me after a certain time to come down and check on me. <laughs> that's <a true> story. <laughs> That's absolutely a true story. Well, if anyone wants to try UCAN, I'm a, we're obviously big proponents here. We use it all the time and we're going to continue for a long time to come. Uh, go to UCAN.co, use our code SCALE and you'll save 20% off. There's the link in my bio uh, and in the show's bio and we'll also put it in the show notes. So go check it out, UCAN, UCAN.co. I want to know what you're doing with this guy though. What kind of workouts are you guys do
1: um, I'm not exactly sure which programming he follows. I'd much rather follow Wad Prep Masters because that's like my baby. <laughs> right. But I know, and this goes for everyone, like I'm not gonna lie to people. Um, like I love Wad Prep Ma- Masters probably more than any program I followed, and that's just a testament to CJ. But for me, it's all about the people I'm doing it with. So while I could do it by myself or maybe with a couple people here at Wad Prep headquarters or go to an open gym. I just love training with this dude, Eric. So whatever, I don't even know what program he follows, but we go in and we, we squeeze in two hours worth of workouts in about an hour and 20 minutes. So (laughs) it is
0: the push. That's what you want. You want somebody that's going to push you through that time.
1: Yeah, it's the push because, because we, when it comes to strength movements, like we're very, very close. He'll win some, I'll win some. When it comes to cardio movements, it's not even a competition. He's a Ironman world championship qualifier. So let's just say he's got a bit of an engine. Um, but it, it's just, it's really awesome to get in there and just push it hard with him and just get my butt whipped because I need that. And it's, it's just so motivating to be around him and he pushes me. I remember the other day we were doing jerks. His all time one RM is uh, 295 and my all time one RM, I think is 325. So we're doing split jerks and stuff like that. And I can, you know, like on a lot of the barbell stuff, I'm a little bit ahead of him um, in terms of strength. Granted, again, he's 45 years old and he's, you know, still hanging with me. I love how and you say
0: this. Like he's a freaking dinosaur, dude. And he's but he's, no, he's, he's 45
1: on. years old and like smaller than me. Right. He's like not someone mm-hmm. who should be stronger than me on paper, but I, I he like is. That. So we're doing jerks together. I hit a good weight, and then he hits a good weight and kind of looks like, well, he didn't really hit it that well. And then I hit it again, and then he's like, want to do 305? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, let's just try 305. So he adds 30 pounds to the bar, new 1RM for him, smokes it, and then I can't hit it. And I'm just like, "God, Eric, you are amazing, and I love training with you because it just pushes me to the next level. It's humbling, uh, and we have a good time. It's just a good crew, good timing. So uh, for everyone out there listening, like, if you're struggling with motivation to go to the gym or to follow a specific program or to do anything at all, maybe change the set and the setting and the people that you're doing with, like, like go like find a training partner or a group of training partners and a time that, that are like perfectly motivating for you to make it happen. I used to train at six in the morning and then I just like, stop looking forward to getting up that early. So I've I've tweaked a couple things and now I'm back in my groove. And that's really all it took, which is a couple of tweaks.
0: See, it's all making sense now. The last two times we've been together in person, you've blown me off for workouts. And so now I see why, because with him, you're like, oh, we get two hours worth of workouts in an hour 20 with me. It'd be two hours worth of workouts in six
1: hours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're totally opposite. Uh- my feelings. Hey, are I really tried low. to get
1: you to do the. Uh, I tried to get you to do the gauntlet, but you bailed. And
0: that's that right. wasn't a workout together. You were trying to torture me. That's a much. I would have done. Thing. I could have
1: done it with you. I would have done it with
0: you. You wouldn't have done it again. Hindsight's twenty-twenty. It's, it's not the same thing to put me through the gauntlet while you watch, as opposed I, to us going to a gym and doing a workout together. It's
1: a team workout. Sorry. Right. When I'm at, when I come out for the innovate photo shoot, I I will I will work out with you. I promise.
0: Yeah, well, Scott's going to be there, so I'm going to make sure he puts you through. Oh, the- perfect. <laughs> at least I think he's going to.
1: All right, well, let's uh, let's take some questions. So I
0: had some interesting questions that came in uh, to the to the Instagram page, and I thought they kind of all went together. So we'll just we're going to start at the top and work our way down. So this first one uh, is about warming up, which I thought we'll wor- warm up podcasts podcast with a warming up question. So love it. I have from, lots uh, of
1: opinions about warm ups.
0: Uh, me too, especially skipping them. Uh, so, Anna Aker, I think it's, how it's probably pronounced, A K R E. it's a situation question for the podcast. I'm a 47-year-old female CrossFitter. I'm one of the older students in classes, and I've noticed I need more of a warm-up than the class programming provides. If I'm not warmed up, I usually end up tweaking some small muscles, usually in my back, shoulders, or hips. And then I end up hurt for one to two weeks. What's a good full-body warm-up I can do before class starts? I have so many opinions here but I'm dying to hear yours.
1: Sure. So, um my first question, you know, like I always ask answer a question with a question a lot of times in these podcasts is I would like to know what kind of warm-ups your gym does because I think a lot of them are good and a lot of them are maybe not so good. Um for me personally, I think that the best warm ups that I've ever found. Granted, I'm I am not you know I'm not even of master's age yet. So a lot of people will roll their eyes and be like, "Oh man, you don't know what you're talking about." Um, but for me, based on what I've um, experienced training at a high level, feeling really banged up some days, is I love hopping on a single modality low impact machine for three to four minutes to get a little bit of sweat going. That is like step 1 for my warm up. Is hop on a bike, hop on a rower, hop on a ski erg maybe and do 3 to 5 minutes of moderate pace to get your blood pumping. Like I do not like it when people they start their warm ups warm ups by laying on the ground on a cold foam roller. Like that's not warming your body. If you right. want to warm up, start with that start with getting your blood flowing. And then my favorite thing to do after that is like, get your blood flowing, then start to expose your body to the ranges of motion that you're going to be doing in the workout. So I know it sounds super like oversimplified here, but like, let's say three to, let's say four minutes on the rower. Then you have a heavy squat workout that day. And a lot of people get afraid of tweaking something on heavy squats. The first thing I do after that, uh, that row is I do air squats. Then I pick up a kettlebell and I do more squats, maybe some Cossack lunges from left to right to like loosen up my hips. And then I grab a barbell and I put them on on my back and I squat more. And then I start to add weight. So it's like, I, I, all I do is I look at what are the movements, what are the ranges of motions that I'm going to be exposed to in the workout? I get blood flowing to start. And then I just spend, you know, probably like five to 10 minutes, like progressing into the full movement that I'm going to be doing that day, whether it's squats or snatches or overhead squats, like I start with a, with almost no weight and then I work my way up and then I'm adding weight. Or in the case of like, let's say muscle ups, like I start by doing some really slow hollow and arch holds. I do some some swinging on the rings Then maybe I'll do some low ring dips. Like I'm exposing myself to the ranges of motion that I'm expected to do in the workout. All the while I've already actually warmed my body. So that's the way I do it. I'm here interested to hear what you think, John.
0: You're a really smart dude because I, I think a lot of the same stuff. I was so glad to hear you're talking about uh, doing the same range of motions in the workout. I can't tell you how many gyms I've been to that the warm up has nothing to do with the workout and it drives yeah. me insane. Like if you're going to yeah. be doing squats, you got to squat beforehand and you got to squat a lot. Like you really yeah. do. Like it's it's to me it's darn near malpractice. There's yeah. No, if you're not doing that, I hate it. Like when I go to a gym and they're like, they have the same warm up every single day. Yeah. Like now, to some degree, that's, it's okay if you have, if it's designed to do what you're describing, which is that kind of three to five minutes of a single mo- modality. Like we used to do it cliffside, rest in peace. <laughs> we used to do, um, RIP. Yeah. RIP. We used to do this, uh, you know, you do high knees down, butt kicks back. T-shirts, like football, football yeah, yeah and you do that for about five minutes and then you'd go do another warm-up like a real warm-up designed around whatever the workout was sure you know uh and that i could deal with but i'm with you like i'm the same way when i'm warming up in my gym i get on the c2 bike or the assault bike or the rower or the runner one of those and like just give it three to five minutes just get moving get my heart rate up a little bit not taxing myself but i'm you know, seeing how I feel at my age, yeah. I'm checking joints, you know, so it's like seeing this, if the is this one
1: still out. work? Yeah.
0: You know, it's a check engine light on. Am I good? Um, and then to your point, I, you know, I, I try to do the same, whatever the workout is. I try to do a lot of that beforehand, just at much, much lighter weights. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I focus on that you didn't mention, but I think it's really important is I, I look at, uh, what's the intended stimulus of the workout and the time domain? And I structure my warmups around that. Meaning if it's a really short workout, like Fran, for instance, my warmup is really long. Sure. If it's a long workout, like Murph, my warmup is really short.
1: Yeah. Cause you almost, you warm up within the workout, like in a 20 minute workout like, or yeah. 50 minute workout in the case of Murph, it's like, you're not going to be going fast enough in the beginning or throughout any point of that workout to like, to warrant a high intensity warm up. Right. But exactly right. For like something like Fran, where you're talking like the five minute modality, it's like, you need to be at such high output. Like you should be kind of like sweating and, and breathing a little heavy to start Fran yep. or else you're just going to get punched in the face.
0: Yeah, someone told me once it's that, um, and I'm, I'm not going to get the science of this, right? You'll probably know, but like if you no, do a sprint on a, on an air bike, like a, the 50 cal sprint or you do Fran, that metal taste in your mouth that you get is because you're not warmed up properly. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you have to, you have to almost be. Your heart rate has to be up. Like for me, it has to be 120, Like I've already started the workout and now they're saying three, two, one go. If I start cold, you can guarantee I'll be coughing for three hours after that.
1: Yeah. And, and
0: be miserable for a long period of time. It's just a much different experience. So I I've always kind of looked at it and said if it's a you know, five minute workout, I need a fifteen to twenty minute warm-up that's moderately intense. Yeah. you know, kind of building and strength until I get there. And, you know, same for these long workouts and, and that served me well for a long period of time.
1: Yeah. Well. And that's good. Um, so to, uh, what was your name? Amy?
0: Uh, yeah, that's not, uh, I don't know. Hold on.
1: Something. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, I messed Anna, it up. But
0: Anna or Anna, however you
1: pronounce to it. To the to the question asker, um, I would say, start to notice, like what are the things that cause you know, maybe are correlated to those tweaks and those perceived injuries that you have. Um, Ask yourself, are you actually getting warm in the warm up? Because I think, again, that is a fatal flaw in a lot of gyms. It's like, all right, everybody go, you know, go get a lacrosse ball and jam it into your shoulder as hard as you can. It's like, yeah, that sounds like it's going to tweak me. Right. But if you start by, hey, hop on an air bike and give me three minutes of of moderate pace. And then you're, you got a little, my basketball coach actually always used to say, he's like, he's like, in our warm ups, I want every single one of you to have a beat of sweat, meaning like you're not sweating profusely. Obviously, if you're in the Southeast, you sweat profusely as soon as you walk out the door. Right. But the idea is like, like your body should heat up considerably, but not so much that you're exhausted. But a warm up, like you shouldn't be starting these workouts completely cold. And I think that's what happens with a lot of gyms that just, they, and i'm doing the biggest air quotes possible mobilize <laughs> right before the workout and they think that's a warm up so just make sure it's dynamic oh. make sure you're moving make sure you feel a little bit of sweat
0: yeah shout out to the gyms that don't make that mistake that don't call mobility warming up yeah. foam rolling is not warming up lacrosse balls for god's sake is not warming up even like using bands and stretching like you need that and that can be part of a warm up but it's not really warming up
1: yeah like for me the only The only like difference with bands there would be like, if I grab, like I love when I'm doing snatches or overhead squats, I grab my band. And that's one of my first drills that I do to, to do my shoulder passers is I like spread the band apart and do my shoulder passers like the PVC pipe, but it's dynamic. It's moving. It's not sitting and dangling from something for four minutes per side or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, there is a place for it, you know, for sure, for all of that. And there's nothing wrong with having a foam roller and a lacrosse ball as part of your warm up. But you need to help, you know, particularly if you have a you know, kind of a newer CrossFitter that doesn't know the difference and they think, oh, this is warming up. They're likely later down the road going to skip what was actually the warm up and do what's. You know, I would argue the easiest part, which is foam rolling, you know, because they think yeah, that's the yeah. most effective because you can really feel it, <laughs> you know, like you got foam roller yeah. and your back cracks the first time you're like, oh, I fixed it. I'm good. I can go now. Yeah. And you don't really realize what, and when you're new, you don't realize what happened. Like I rarely foam roll these days and I never do yeah. before a workout. Truthfully.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm the same way, man. I haven't used a lacrosse ball or foam roller. And I mean, it has to have been well over over two years now like it's just been a while except for the times that i've gone to gyms and they're like all right everybody grab a lacrosse crossball," and i just like <laughs>
0: you don't uh, you don't just enjoy shoving a lacrosse ball up your ass for fun <laughs> that's the I, best part
1: uh not in the gym
0: this is a true story when i started crossfit <laughs> this has been a decade ago
1: I didn't even get a laugh out of that come on man.
0: yeah come on um when i started a decade ago the uh, supple leopard had just come out or yep. have been out for a little while and a uh, big shout out to Kelly friend of the show. We love Kelly. Yep. And, um, I had this coach man that loved that book and we were constantly shoving the crossballs in the most awkward places and as a, and as a new CrossFitter, I'm like, there's no way there's any science behind this. Like, there's no way this is working. And I'm sure like our instruction was probably flawed and it's coming out of a book. We didn't have videos and streaming in those back in those days, you know? Yeah. Oh man, it was terrible, and I grew to hate lacrosse balls because of it. Absolutely yeah. hate them.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a there is a fine line between effective warm ups, um, and I'm not necessarily I'm I'm absolutely not saying that a lacrosse ball is an effective warm up, but like if a, a coach could design the world's most spectacular warm up, but if it makes everyone in the class absolutely miserable, it's probably not a good warm up because ultimately, as coaches. We want people to look forward to coming to the gym. And that's uh, that's something that's worth considering. If you're a coach or an owner listening to this, poll your members and ask them what they think about your class structure. Ask them what they think about your warm Because you might be surprised. Some people might come in and be like, guys, your warm-ups are 45 minutes long. And I've struggled with this at some gyms I've been to recently. And it's like, stop warming up for 45 freaking minutes to do a six-minute workout when like, we're here to train, we're here to exercise, give the people what they want.
0: <laughs> I do. Well, we could do a whole show on that. There's yeah. Uh, I'm
1: getting triggered now.
0: I know we, we should, we'll have to call an audible and do that at some point. Cause I could talk about warming up and structuring gyms and like how they run the classes for days. Yeah. Just complain after complain after complain. Yeah. Let's just
1: have the most negative Nancy show possible. We should moan about every gym we've ever been to. Hey,
0: look, I, but I've had some terrific gyms. That's the thing. When you've had great ones, yes. And you set foot in a bad one, it's, it's just jarring. It just hurts your soul. It just hurts you. That's
1: why I always suggest people like, man, as soon as you're feeling dull or maybe burnt out with your gym, or, or where you're going, like switch, switch up gym, switch up, like try different classes, try a different gym. Cause the answer, like you might not be bored with CrossFit. You just might be bored with the version that that gym is doing for you. So when
0: well, you might need a different challenge altogether, like I, you know, I'm training at home right now and I'm not missing classes at all because I'm so focused on this kind of nutrition challenge thing I'm going through Yeah, that the workouts are, they're not secondary. Cause I'm putting in hard work, like really hard work, but but I'm and you're I'm paying a, yeah, I
1: mean you're paying good money for for something that you know kind of also hangs on the fact that you need to need to put your put your reps in, in the gym,
0: yeah, so I guess you know kind of my point is is like I'm focused on being successful at something else, and I'm not obsessing over my workouts, and I think sometimes you just need that change to sure you know get that spark, yeah, well, before we move to question two, let's talk about um our, uh, our other sponsor, Advocate. We've been talking about them. We've talked about it two or three times now, yeah. And uh, getting really good feedback on them. Uh, they're um, uh, virtual therapy. Uh, yeah. Company. So
1: Advocate basically links you with therapists, and they specialize in helping you save money by either giving you discounts and or helping you use your insurance. So like that's like a big gap in the space right now. Um, one is a lot of people don't think they need therapy or a lot of people think that therapy is only for one. There are huge problems, you know, already taking place. It's like, I guess here's an analogy. It's like, you don't put your seatbelt on after the crash, right? You put it on before the crash. And that's something that I am becoming a huge proponent of. I've had lots of major life changes, um, in the last year. And, If it wasn't for actively preemptively going to therapy, um, it would, it would have been a lot tougher and I'd have a lot less tools to deal with it. So what advocate does is they, um, as you go like searching, like I want to find a therapist, I don't know where to start and wow, they're expensive advocate helps you make it cheaper by helping link up with your insurance, or at least it could be free or it could be heavily reduced. And then two, they also find therapists that are either local to you, or obviously a lot of therapy now is happening virtually, um, and they just help you link up with a highly reviewed therapist. So it's just, it's just like the perfect way. They basically have built a bridge from people who might think about wanting therapy to actually getting the therapist. And they've, they've made that transition a lot easier. Um, and if you want, go to advocate, dot tcom slash scale. And then when you check out, use the code scale 50 and it's going to give you 50% off your first therapy session, which is pretty awesome because they're already saving you money and then you get even more money off. So that's pretty, pretty solid.
0: You're good at that, bro. You killed that again. I'm, like, dude,
1: I'm like, there's a reason we accepted this sponsorship because I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> passionate about it. Like, I, can, I actually had, a, I had therapy this morning and we're like working through my top 10 core values. And like, there's just like so much good that's coming out of it. I'm like, yeah. I, I like, I do really care about this. And I had no idea that when this one thing is out of whack, my life feels out of whack. So it, it's good. Go, go find a therapist. It'll help you. I,
0: I'm a huge proponent. I, uh, well, I went through my divorce at this point, it would have been 15, 16 years ago or so. Um, you know, I went through therapy during that and it was invaluable to me. I remember to this yeah. day my therapist going uh john you're kind of sarcastic and i'm like you're shitting me what What?" (laughs) that's Um, one of
1: your core values i'm sure
0: it really is no i i swear to god that they taught me so much about myself and like what was to come and and you know over the years i've really been able to fall back on that as um you know not only the learning lessons but knowing that therapy isn't something that makes you weak it's actually the opposite you know of learning who you are and and helps you make good decisions which by the way yeah. is you know easier said than done when you're going through trauma and sometimes you don't even know you're going through trauma so it's just it's a cool thing and i love the fact they're saving people money so
1: absolutely it's good wind stuff
0: wind. all right well let's uh let's jump back into some questions here so question two there's actually two questions here two different people had similar oh no actually that's q3 so question two is around limited equipment i thought this one was really um appropriate kind of in the times we're in right now there's so many people getting you know booted from their gyms and you know gyms closing still due to covid and everything else um uh, and this one came from, from that. yeah and this one came from a sailor so uh question i'm in the navy so we have to deploy every so often for months at a time and uh, these time frames we have very basic gyms on the ship but uh, not spaces we can do any olympic lifting or it really any running it's usually a rower and some dumbbells and maybe a bench or a smith machine. If we're lucky, any tips on how to approach CrossFit coming back home for months of no Olympic lifting or real hit exposure compared to someone coming back from injury. This is from Robert Caporac who has the best screen name ever cap America. I love it with a K. Nice. I love it.
1: I love it. Um, Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I have a lot of experience with that simply because my uh, my ex-wife was in the U.S. Navy and I got to see a lot of the I don't know if you're on like a carrier or if you're on like a small boy or or whatever or a sub or whatever. But I do know that there's certainly lighter equipment on the uh, on the ship's. It sounds like the question, though, isn't even about necessarily like doing workouts on the ships, which I guess it seems like he's been able to do, but rather reintegration into CrossFit. Is that correct, John?
0: Yeah, well, that was kind of my point. It's like, what do you do when you have limited equipment? I thought that was the heart of it is like, you know, so you can't be in a CrossFit gym. You don't have an instructor and you have very limited equipment, probably dumbbell and a rower, you know, maybe one other implement that you can use. And, you know, so you've got to train yourself and then at some point you've got to reintroduce yourself to this craziness that we do day in and day out.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, I would, uh, I mean, if you have a a rower, I mean, honestly, dumbbells, dumbbells are amazing. You can do everything with dumbbells. Um, when I say everything, you can do one arm thrusters, you can do goblet squats, you can do pistols. If you can somehow do those on a rocking boat, um, you can do one arm snatches, you can do one arm overhead squats, you can do um, one arm bench press and switch sides. Like th- the dumbbell is, is like, you know, you can do uh, Romanian deadlifts. Dumbbells are so infinitely scalable. You can like, give me one pound dumbbell and that's enough to, to do pretty much everything that you need to do to stay in shape. I'm not going to say that's going to help you Become a better Olympic weightlifter, right? I'm not saying that you're gonna come back from a 50-pound dumbbell training session and uh do that for six months and then come back and be able to back squat 400 pounds. I'm not claiming that, but you'll be able to stay in shape. You'll be able to stimulate all the muscles. When you come back, after you've, you know, I would say in a gym like that, just do do couplets, you know, do couplets of of some dumbbell stuff uh for strength. So find dumbbells that you can only move for four to six reps, and then combine that with some sort of row or run or or some sort of cardio machine. I know they normally have some sort of treadmill, um, on the boats. Uh, And if it's a smaller gym, then I don't know, do use whatever cardio machine they have. A lot of times it's a really beat up rowing machine. Um, and then do couplets do EMOMS do like, if, if it's a station where a bunch of people are working out, my, one of my favorite things to do is to rotate and just do like four or five different stations and do like a 30-minute EMOM where you just rotate from minute one you're doing something with a dumbbell, minute two, you're on the row, or minute three, you're doing something else. And if someone's on that station because it's a big busy boat gym, then you just you do burpees instead. <laughs> you know, like right. you have to get creative, but the, the bottom line is don't expect it to be like a CrossFit gym and super structured. The key is to keep moving and do it consistently. And I know how important especially when you're locked in a ship, I know how important routine is. So just find that routine, get in there, get your hour or however long you you have to train and do something. That's going to be the best way to set you up for success when you reintegrate back into the CrossFit gym.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say routine. Cause I was thinking, um, I think you can structure it like a CrossFit gym would. Like I had this coach who was really brilliant as a coach, um, and the way she wrote her programming and it was really simplistic and I rarely see, like, I think gyms get really overcomplicated. And I think often people think, oh, I've got to go to a CrossFit gym because it's complicated. The truth is CrossFit is beautiful because it's simple, right? And what she used to do is we'd do one short workout a week. When I mean short, it'd be less than 10 minutes. We'd do three that were 12 to 20 minutes long. And then we do one long one, one big one that would either be like a benchmark workout or it be something 30 minutes or so, you know? And that was every week. And she did couplets and triplets. We, to your point, we would do some EMOMs, you know, um, and AMRAPs. And it really wasn't much more than that. And you can do all of that with a dumbbell and a rower. Mm-hmm. Swear to God. Like you can figure out so you can easily do couplets and and triplets with, you know, those two pieces of equipment if you have. Yeah, it. for you sure. Know, but you have to, I think you have to focus on you know, keeping your mind around, I have, you know, I've got kind of this time domain. I want to keep intensity up then. In.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the hard part. And so maybe to our very first point on this podcast, go find yourself a partner. Like I, you know, you're in the Navy and, you know, God bless those dudes and, you know, men and women, they're working their asses off. There's got to be some fit people in that boat that'll push you, yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. at least one, you know, unless you're the fittest one on the boat. So, yeah. You know.
1: I remember Shelby actually got into, uh, she like really got into bodybuilding for a little while there because one, it was difficult. They had, they were able to do Olympic lifts, but when a aircraft carrier is rocking back and forth, you can like knock a tooth out. Right. <laughs> if you, if you, if you zig when you should have zagged. So she, uh, she like found a, a friend on a boat on the, you know, they call it the boat. It's a yeah. 5,000 person aircraft carrier. Uh, she found a friend and she did a lot of bodybuilding stuff. So they would kind of switch back and forth like, all right, we'll bodybuild this day and then we'll, do some sort of CrossFit thing this day and, and you'll find friends. Um, so yeah, I would, I would suggest, even if you're not too social, just having someone to train with and do something, if you're not feeling creative and can't come up with something and for a workout, then, you know, they might be able to come up with, with something good. Um, yeah. So that's my suggestion. And then like the secondary, or I think even the main part of the question here is like, how do you come back? Right. Um, how do you reintegrate lightly, Right, like don't come back and make the the fatal flaw that a lot of people make, which is like I used to be able to snatch 200 pounds, and you come back on day five and you're like, well, it's snatch day, I better hit 200 pounds again. Don't don't even you know think about that fantasy. Maybe you'll be stronger than you expected, but just come back with a beginner's mind. And what's so cool is that if you've already established fitness prior to leaving and going on deployment, hopefully you can and at least maintain some level of fitness while on deployment. And then when you come back, treat it like, all right, I'm I'm kind of starting from not square one, but at least a few squares back from where I just was. And allow yourself at least a couple months to build back up to that former capacity and that former strength. Don't allow yourself to like, like, oh, it's it's Diane day. And the last time I did Diane RX in 10 minutes, And I haven't deadlifted heavy at all, but I'm just going to do it Rx because I know I've done Rx before. Like you need to be very cautious and allow yourself to scale and bail because, again, we're not doing this for the we're not doing this for today. We're doing this for the future. We want to be here for the long term. So I would just say integrate slowly, just like you would do with an injury. Um, Integrate slowly and don't try to get back up to your pre-deployment numbers.
0: Right. I I think the hard part coming back for me is always being in a room with other people and competing with them, even if they don't know we're competing. You know what I mean? Like you come in and like the room's moving fast, you are like, okay, I have to move faster than I normally do because I'm around all these people and they'll think less of me if I don't or or maybe this is just how fast it should be. And maybe I'm slow. So I'm going to work harder. Like I think coming back slow includes like knowing your pace and your speed. So maybe keep track of that while you're doing some of these workouts, uh, on the boat. So when you do get back in the class, you kind of have a sense of where you should be. Cause I always like, I did a workout in a group a week or two ago. It was the first one I'd done in months and it was hard for me because I'm hyper competitive. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm looking around the room going, all right, who should I be beating in here? And there are a couple I knew I should be that I wasn't (laughs) and I was pushing (laughs) harder. And, um, yeah, it's tough, and you know you got to you have to swallow that humble pie for a few days until you, you know, kind of get that engine back because there is a different speed at which a class moves than most people move when they're solo. There are very few people that can do that to themselves. You know? Yeah,
1: and then an- another point you totally reminded me of a point here is don't even if you feel good, don't let yourself go all out. And I have a good story about that. I once. Um, In college, I was doing CrossFit pretty heavily the first semester of the year. Um, So semester one and then the spring semester. So fall semester was training hard. Went home for Christmas. Didn't do a single piece of exercise for 30 straight days. Perfect. Because I I was a slob and I was lazy. Ate a ton of snickerdoodles. But 30 days not working out. I come back for spring semester and I immediately try to like get back into it. So I kickstart my fitness by doing Angie. <laughs> right. And right. I had done Angie a few times the previous semester. And I was like, all right, I'll go to, you know, cause back then you pretty much just do benchmark workouts. Cause that's all we had. I went back and I was like, Angie, my previous time was, you know, I don't know, 18 minutes or something like that. And I was just like, all right, I think I can beat that. And sure enough, I did beat it. Okay. And for those who don't know, Angie, it's a hundred pull-ups and I'm going to mess up this order, I think, but I know it starts with a, maybe a hundred pull-ups, hundred push-ups, hundred air squats, hundred sit-ups. Maybe?
0: Yep. You had them, The sit-ups are next then the air squats, but okay. you, were, you were close, real hundreds
1: close. of a lot of those things, but yep. the hundred pull-ups, that's the first thing blew through them, crushed it. Okay. I didn't go to class for the next four days. I probably had rabdo and didn't know it but I could not extend my arms. I had T-Rex arms because I went to bed that <laughs> night and I normally curl up in a ball when I go to bed. I woke up the next day and I like I was an idiot and didn't go to like the hospital or anything, but I woke up the next day and I couldn't extend my arms. I literally had to have a friend grab my arms and pull them down. And I screamed the whole time. And that's a classic example of coming back and letting my ego be like, Oh, I feel great. Like I can crush this. You got to pay attention to your volume. If you're coming back and you're not used to the volume, it's actually what I've been doing with my buddy, Eric, the last couple weeks. Like there's been a couple of times where I've like pieced out a little early. because I'm like, Hey man, like, like I know I can do this last part with you, but also I know that that many GHDs would make it so that I can't laugh for three straight weeks. Um, I'm just going to like, I'll do a little bit, but then I'm I'm going to piece, I'm going to leave, you know, like I'm not going to be tempted to go full send because you've been training like this for multiple years in a row now. And me, I was kind of slacking for a little bit. So you just have to have that slice of humble pie and allow yourself to go slow. Uh, and so that you don't have T-Rex arms for multiple days.
0: I'm going to start telling it to people, you know, I could do this last piece with you, but uh, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? I think but we all I, have those two. I like walking
1: and laughing.
0: Dude, we had this guy came into the gym once. I talked to him. I feel bad. I talked to him in the coming, by the way. And he was a former college football player. And oh, here's yeah. the problem. Well, so he
1: went full send. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is the problem. And, you know, now, you know, I use that loosely. He was a kicker. <laughs> but oh, but still, he's still a college football player and a former college athlete. D1, by the way. Yeah. So he was good. But he hadn't worked out in years, you know. But same thing. There's some of the stuff you just never lose, and the workout was power cleans. And there was a lot oh, of yeah. them, like a ton of them, and they were heavy. And you know, he went full sin and he killed them. And then here was this crucial mistake. He had a wedding that night, so you see what's coming.
1: Oh no! Yeah,
0: he went drinking.
1: Did he and, get robbed though?
0: Oh yeah, he was in the hospital uh, for like a week. Gets up yikes. the next morning, you know, peeing soda and can't move you know the same thing it was his arms you know his his arms were literally so swollen that he couldn't move he had t-rex arms and his wife's like yeah let's go to the hospital he was so mad i'm like don't be mad at me bro i didn't tell you to do 100 cleans (laughs) oh god you know yeah it's a
1: it's a you know we're we're laughing about it and then you know it's because it's hilarious but it's also it's a real thing guys um i mean rabdo is especially if you're someone like me in college who was just an idiot and like never sought medical care unless it was a bone sticking out. Um, it's something that you have to take seriously. So like when we say we're not like joking and it's not like just decent coaching advice to say, Hey, take it easy. When you're reintegrating back into a CrossFit gym, it's like very sound medical advice as well. It's (laughs) like, please don't go 100% and don't be tempted because you might end up really, really sore and, and have a bad experience and not want to come back or potentially worse.
0: Yeah. And Rabdo is not exclusive to CrossFit, by the way, we just happen to be a lot of stories, but
1: for sure. I mean, Rabdo is, is more prevalent in like, I know people who get it when they run marathons. I mean, like Rabdo is way more prevalent than people realize. It's just CrossFit's gotten a bit of a rap for it, but it's, it's in every sport that has repetitive movements.
0: All right. Last question. This one's about heart rate, which I always find interesting because it's something I think of a lot when I'm working out. So I got two different people ask questions here. First one's from Shania. Say hey Ben and John for future listeners episode. Can you discuss how to keep your heart rate under control doing double unders and get 40 and broken? And then I double under struggling. I double over struggling to breathe. Struggle to get my heart rate down. I'm unable to move on to the next piece of the Metcon. I'd love to know your strategies for breathing through double unders. That was from Shania. And then um, the next one came from Lauren Babs, who said, any tips on learning to control your heart rate or breathing during workouts with certain movements like wall balls, kettlebell swings, and even rowing, it's easier to find and maintain the pattern of inhale-exhale. But in the middle of a Metcon or the stupid assault bike, Love you, Lauren, for that one. Uh, it's, it's hard to find that rhythm, and I'm just trying to get oxygen any way I can. So controlling heart rate, I, you know, just kind of in general. And, you know, specifically, they're looking for double unders or, you know, maybe in the middle of the workout.
1: Yeah, I'll start with double unders because I've actually released, obviously, a couple of videos about of this. Course. Um, double unders, if you are counting your reps, which most people do in Macons. cons. If you're counting your reps, there's a chance you're hyperventilating and or not breathing. It's very, very common, more common than people realize for them to tense up and hold their breath during all sets of double unders. So they might feel like they're breathing a little bit, but if I I tell an athlete not to count, no counting, no counting at all, just do double unders until I tell you to stop and focus on breathing, a lot of times that alleviates that issue. Because what happens is they're so focused on all the little cues of double unders and they're so tight and tense, hoping that the rope doesn't whip them. And then they're also trying to count their reps and they're like, one, two, three, four.
0: So what you're saying is when I'm doing double unders from now on, I can just do them for a bit and go, okay, close enough and move on. That's (laughs) great. I love it. Exactly.
1: So don't count your double unders or at least practice without counting and try to control your breathing. Then once you get better at controlling your breathing, then you can reintroduce counting. I've used that with several athletes and it's worked really well. Um, specifically with all the other movements, like that, more of the second question is how do you control your breathing in general? It's, it's, I think probably a combination of two things. Number one is not being mindful of breathing. Um, like oftentimes in the open, especially like back in the day, when I competed, I would literally write the word, breathe on the ground in chalk or on a whiteboard chalk. When I own the gym, a whiteboard when I didn't own the gym Um, because usually the issue with breathing is simply because we forget to do it in the middle of movements. And a lot of people will hold their breaths for, let's say you're doing five push press, they hold their breath for five push press and then they breathe after. And I think focusing specifically on, on your oxygen intake during all of these movements and making that the priority over counting reps, over everything else, just making, being mindful of it will help increase your oxygen intake and it'll help, help settle you down. And then the second point, and then I'll shut up, is um, a lot of times the perceived like, oh man, I just keep running out of breath, it's an engine thing, right? Like, Like the reason I run out of breath on a row machine when I haven't used a rower in a long time is <laughs> probably because my engine's not very good. And I haven't really practiced pacing on the rower and I don't have an engine. Like I just don't have the capacity to keep the pace that I want. And therefore I run out of breath. Um, So I think those are the two things being mindful of your breathing and literally writing it down. Even if you lose count of reps, I'm giving you permission to focus on breathing instead of counting, at least for a little bit. And then two, it could be an engine thing. So
0: I love all those tips. I'd never really thought of double unders that way. I, I think we're approaching things from the same angle. I just have a different kind of a different take, or at least the way I've have viewed them. Yeah. Um, you know, around the double under thing, I'd never thought about not counting. I'm absolutely gonna quit counting my reps. Um, <laughs> I do what I have done in the past and what I typically do is I do short sets. I can I feel like I can do four short sets of ten almost as fast as I can do a set of 40 and come away with a much better heart rate.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: So, you know, it's just that quick reset, you know, three to five seconds max of setting the rope back up and going again, helps me kind of keep my heart rate under control. You know, I also try to have a heart rate counter on me. So I have kind of a sense of where it is. I view double unders a lot. Like I view running and which is I have like kind of a max heart rate I'm willing to run at. And then I'm done. We've talked about this before, you know, but for me, and this is my heart rate, not hers or anyone else's, but like, if I were going to go run an eight minute mile, my heart rate is going to be 145. I know that because I, that's my run rate. Like I've done it so often. I can tell you what my heart rate is going to get to. If my heart rate gets up to, you know, 155, 160, 175 or 180, then I'm clearly running faster, running harder. And but I can't sustain that for a long period of time. I can sustain that one forty five for a long time. I can sustain it for easily for three miles, and after that it starts to you know it things start to change and so I view double unders the same way, like I pick a heart rate for me it's usually around one twenty five or so, which is where I want to be in double unders and Once I start getting up over that, I start tripping more often. So my point is is maybe practice that like practice double unders with your heart rate and get a sense of where it is for you. And that will help you in workouts. And I do this for kind of all these movements we mentioned, you know, same for if I were on the bike, one thing I've been doing on the bike is looking at uh, RPMs as a percentage of my work capacity. So I've tested what I would, we'll call it a one rep max, but we've text, I've tested my max. What's a hundred percent. I can go on the bike. And now I know in a Metcon I don't want to exceed 65 to 70% of that typically if I want to maintain kind of duration, you follow me? Like Mm -hmm. if it's a sprint, that's a much different thing, but I start working in percentages. And so I, I have, I know what my 60 percentage is. I know what my 70, my 75, my 80, 85 and so on. So when I need to dial that in on a workout based on how long the workout is, I can. So as an example, let's say it's a 20 minute, workout with a bike in it, I'm going to dial it way back, Mm. probably down to, you know, 50, 60, maybe 65%. If it's a 10 minute bike workout, 70, 75, 80. Cause again, I've got half the time. It's just like running, you know, it's like sprinting. You just, I'm just trying to measure it. And I I've done that by biking enough to know where my heart rate gets in those percentages and how long I can maintain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also incidentally learned that on the assault bike pilot I've been, or beta test I've been in. And it's been really invaluable for me in Metcons. Yeah. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, and then the last piece, like, you know, she mentioned, you know, she can do it during wall balls and kettlebell swings. And it occurred to me like those are be- essentially kind of the same movement. You're breathing at the top, your arms are overhead, and you're mm-hmm. taking in a big breath. So, you know, if you want to learn to breathe in any of these movements, you have to practice breathing in these movements. So don't wait until the workout to try to figure out where you're going to breathe. Like if you know you have to breathe at the top, maybe in the warm-up, go do 10 wall balls and practice breathing at the top. And if you miss your breath, drop the ball, you fail the rep, right? Mm-hmm. Even though you could hold your breath and do it again, don't just stop reset, do it again. It's like, it's like any muscle memory. And when you watch these professional athletes, like a I've watched Saxon do this for years. Like when he does thrusters, his breathing at the top is just natural for him. Yes, because he's drilled it since he's twelve years old. Yep. You know he doesn't. I was know one it of our most
1: recent Instagram videos, and it popped off in a big way. Like I think one of the most popular ones we've had, and it literally just shows like where to breathe in the thruster. Um, so yeah, it's it's something. It's almost a skill. I mean, it definitely it is. It's it a is. skill. It's that you muscle have to memory. Yeah, your
0: yeah. your body remembers, your body goes, all right, my arms are overhead. I got to breathe now. Like, you, you know, your body connects that if you practice it enough. But when you don't practice it, it does what I do, which is typically hold my breath for three reps and then nearly pass out.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then black out. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, so I think the long story short is you got to practice. Um, yeah. God forbid. Um, and short reps and then quit counting reps. I love that. It's my new favorite tip you gave. <laughs> You should you should do a video people, on that wide prep. Thousands don't, don't, of people reps. across
1: the globe are now gonna just oh yeah, wide prep told me to stop counting reps, so I'm just gonna stop <laughs> counting
0: them. The open is gonna be wild this year where nobody's counting reps. <laughs> well, I would wonder. You know, this, maybe we'll ask her to follow up with this after the open. But if double unders happen to show up in the open, I would be curious if it was easier or harder with someone else counting your reps. Because I always like this one thing I always love about the open is I don't have to count my double unders anymore. Yeah. Someone's counting for me. And to your point, they do kind of feel easier now. I'm it's thinking a lot it. easier
1: when people can just focus on the, on the breathing. It's
0: I want the whole get, thing. We need to get this podcast so big I can just hire a professional counter. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, just someone to follow you around everywhere. That's one, yeah, just
0: two. yeah, just follow. So we should, we'll do that at the games. Like maybe we'll run a contest. Get a yeah, couple like, for John also, <laughs> Who
1: needs a, a Garmin watch? You're just going to have someone following you and counting your steps all day. Like there's one, there's two, there's three.
0: It'd be it'd be perfect. <laughs> Dude, speaking of the Garmin, I am loving the Garmin.
1: Yeah, which one did you get?
0: Uh, the Venue 2 Plus. Okay. It's great. So much data. Oh, I'm nerding out. And now, uh, I probably shouldn't even say it on there because they're not sponsoring us, but Woof is sending me another band
1: <laughs> and yeah, new batteries. Yeah, was a charm, man.
0: Yeah, well, I guess they got that the one they sent me was you know not working and I wasn't wearing it anymore. And so, the, so now I guess I'm going to have to wear them on both wrists. I don't know what I'm going to do.
1: <laughs> I mean, so. that's what I got. I got I got a Garmin and a Whoop and my you know my Whoop hasn't broken yet like everyone else's so I'm I'm holding
0: it until they do. Well, we weren't planning to talk about wearables, but I'm just curious. So, do you like having data from two different sources? Is it, is it helpful for you?
1: Yeah, I wear an Aura ring too. Um, oh, so geez, you
0: got three different sources. I don't I mean, only- I
1: actually use my Garmin to track sleep um, for no reason other than it doesn't actually give you the raw um, sleep data of like, what is your HRV? But, um, yeah, I like seeing my HRV, my resting heart rate. Um, and we it's, we've deep dove into all this into the recovery RX course, um, you know, that we did with CJ and Justine who we had on the podcast a couple months ago. And yeah, it's amazing to watch how little things affect both of those metrics. Like you want your HRV high and you want your resting heart rate low. Those are signs of good recovery. And when you tweak one thing about your day, like, you know, let's say watching TV too late or drinking a beer or seven before bed, um, or, um, eating food way too late, or not just like anything can go off in your day. And you're going to actually see the results, see those things directly affect the results of your HRV and, and resting heart rate. Even if you slept like a rock, It still is going to affect those metrics. So it's just, it's so fascinating. Um, So I like having two of them because there's sometimes where I feel like it doesn't do a good job tracking. Um, Are are
0: you looking at the data every day?
1: Not, not anymore. Um, I will, especially on the days where I'm like, all right, I specifically tried to dial in this day. Did it help me recover better? Um, And it's really nice when both pieces of, of tech are like, yep, you recovered very well today compared to your baseline. So that's, that's interesting. interesting.
0: Well, I was thinking I might wear them both for a while and see, I mean, I've got the Garmin, I paid for it, so I'm not going to quit wearing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whoop is yeah. the kind of odd man out in this situation, but I've enjoyed the data on the Garmin for a lot of different reasons. There are things I don't love about it, but it, it tracks so many more things than whoop does that I love. And as the, like the nerd that I am, it's great. And, and it pulls in from other sources and like it, it'll also, uh, uh, upload to we have a app at work where you get credit for good sleep and nutrition and exercise and it just nice. automatically does it and i get money for it it's great it's like a that's really insane dude yeah let's hear here for big corporations trying to get us healthy you know
1: that's pretty cool man
0: it is. It, you know, it ends up being 300 bucks a year or whatever, you know, to yeah. log it. And so it, it does the work for me, but I've loved the data. And so I just was curious if you were using both. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I um, use them. And, uh, I would just encourage people. Um, I mean, one get the recovery RX course, cause it tells you exactly how course. to use it, but, um, it's really cool to watch. Like when you run tests, like I know you, you said you geek out about a lot of stuff, but like, yeah, when you test taking like a sleep supplement or something like that, and you can start to notice like, wow, whoa, this is like actually affecting me and it's causing me to sleep better, and thus I'm recovering more, and thus I'm able to train better. It's just like it's compounding more than a lot of people think.
0: I'm using Christine's sleep supplement tonight, by the way. Remember yeah, was- the um third C uh, it's third Z.
1: Third Z. Yep. Z. It's- yeah delicious
0: it's good it is delicious but i i took it a few nights i really liked it I didn't take it last night slept like crap so i need to get my sleep score up so i'm gonna take some tonight i'm gonna do exactly what you just said which is test my score in the morning see how it shapes gotta up.
1: make that money man gotta make that money
0: <laughs> we gotta have her back on so
1: yeah, oh, yeah she's she's a oh a dearth of knowledge dearth means a lot i learned that the other day
0: well now using words like dearth we're just gonna wrap up the show so
1: yeah and i'm gonna google it to make sure dearth scarcity the mace no wait
0: no don't ask me dude i went to school in mississippi i can't tell you what it oh means.
1: no i totally blew it dearth is inadequate supply so i completely blew that is the exact opposite of what i meant
0: that's what you meant opposite she's dearth. a wealth
1: of knowledge
0: yeah opposite dearth <laughs> All right, dude, as always, this has been a
1: total blast. Lots of fun tonight. Lots of good Thank topics. God, I don't have to take the SAT again. It's been a wonderful Monday.
0: It has been a wonderful Monday. You're you're just hangry. That's your problem. You need food.
1: It is. I am. I'm about to All go right. eat.
0: You go get some food. Uh, for everyone else, you guys can go get food, too. I don't care what you guys do, but we're wrapping up. So <laughs> We appreciate you guys joining us, and uh, we will chat with you guys next Tuesday.